Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Barizaki. Welcome again to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Barizaki, and I have my good friend Mike Kapler with me. Starting off uh, another program as we talk about the grace of God, you know, Cap, I was thinking about, I've been thinking about a lot of things lately that have to do, and I've had lots of conversations with people lately that have to do with, you know, living by rules versus living by the life of Christ that's in us. And I know last time we had kind of left off in our program, you had mentioned something, Cap, that really is really awesome. I mean, the idea that trying to live for God, if it's us trying to keep rules for God, if it's us trying to live for God, that might even actually interfere with some of his purposes in our lives. And I know that that really might put a red flag up for a lot of people. We want to get into this a little bit, Cap, and, and, and explain where we're coming from, because I think we'll find a lot of freedom as we explore the idea of living by the life of Christ in us, rather than letting religious rules rule our lives. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those phrases out of many that we've been brought up in, in our Christian religious circles. And when you hear us say the word religious, it's usually a negative thing, <laughs> just mm-hmm. in case you're a new listener. The phraseologies that we pick up on that mess us up in our Christian lives, uh, for example, living my life for God. We talked uh, quite a bit about that last week, and we'll, we'll continue to build on that this week. But, you know, it sounds good. It sounds religious, sounds spiritual, sounds like the right thing. Uh, I, I just want to live my life for God, when in fact, that's really not what this is about at all in regards to the to the Christian life. So I'm looking forward to talking some more about this, Joel, and, and hopefully as we, as we discuss this, that we can um, learn just a little bit more about who we really are in Christ and what, again, has already been provided for us through that finished sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah, well, yeah, I was uh, uh, reading uh, somebody else's blog not too long ago, and then I ended up kind of doing my own blog post about this. By the way, you can find that by going to graceroots.org. But a Barna survey, you've heard of George Barna, and he does all the a lot of surveys that are based upon uh, the Christian life and things like that. And just one little, uh, one little thing in, in one of his surveys recently, it was talking about many churchgoers and faith leaders are defining, are, are struggling to define spiritual maturity. And one of the five findings that he found, uh, that Barna found, most, and this is a quote, most Christians equate spiritual maturity with following the rules. You know, and in other words, what, uh, what the Christian life is all about to, to uh, uh, 81% of self-identified Christians, <laughs> uh, what the Christian life is all about what spiritual maturity, what growing is all about is following the rules. And, and to me, that it's just sad. That's just a sad statement that Christians would think that that's what this life in Christ is all about. You know, Paul's writings and the words of Jesus tell us so, things that are so different than that. And we kind of want to get into some of that today, Cap. I know that... Uh, it's it's as you were talking about how us you know about us living for God. I want to live for God. In other words, I'm going to try to follow his laws as best as I can, and then I'll please him. But I, the thought that comes to my mind with that is, don't we realize that it wasn't our life and our efforts that God wanted? In fact, he crucified 
us on the cross with Christ because that's not what he wanted, but he wanted to give us a new life, which was his very life in us. So it's not as if we had something to offer him, and he says, oh, okay, hey, I'll take that. I really like your efforts. But he said, no, I'm going to crucify you with Christ, put that all on the cross, and then I'm going to make you into a new creation where, guess what, I'm going to deposit my life into you, and that's the life you're going to live from. Yeah, you know, you mentioned... uh while we were before the broadcast, you mentioned you were listening to a religious program on the radio and and uh, not necessarily a real edifying one, I guess, from a grace perspective. They were talking about how, I think you mentioned how one couple, uh, somebody had said that they, they were growing in Christ. I can't remember the phraseology, uh, phraseology on this. Spiritually you might have to help me maturing, out. Yeah. They were becoming more mature. They, they were growing in Christ. What, what was that? Uh, the, the, the wife said she was growing spiritually, but her husband wasn't. Yeah, growing spiritually. Even that, in and of itself, uh, again, a, a phrase we hear a lot, growing spiritually. What does that mean? And you ask a hundred different Christians, you'll probably get about 80 different answers. What does it mean to be growing spiritually? And most of those answers are probably going to be wrong. You know, being a Christian, it's not about doing the right things for God. It's not about doing things for Christ. It's about being in Him and Him in us. The purpose for our lives that God has is not about doing the right things, but he just wants us to focus on him. We get so caught up with the things and doing instead of him and being in him. Joel, I, and I know people who don't even claim to be Christians. They might even be atheists. I know people who belong to uh, religious cults who can follow rules, at least up to a point. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, they're living sort of, a, instead of out of obedience, it becomes more of a compliance and and some of the most moral people I know from human standards are, are people who don't even claim to trust Jesus Christ as their as their Lord and Savior. That's right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the people that I know who who are living the best when it comes to following moral rules and laws uh, aren't even Christians. You know, so that there there are ways in which we can connect with God, but it isn't by doing the right things. There's a place for obedience in the Christian life, but what most Christians end up wallowing around in isn't obedience, it's compliance. You know, an unbeliever, for example, can try to follow the rule, thou shalt not steal. And they can probably, even within their own power, live by that and, and not steal from people. That doesn't mean they're, they're being obedient. They're, they're just putting their own effort into trying to follow a rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I had a, an atheist friend one time, and in ignorance, I told him, <laughs> and I laugh when I when I think about this now, but I told him, man, you would make a really good Christian, because <laughs> he was a really nice guy. I mean, he was one of the best of the best people that I knew, but he didn't believe in God, and and I thought, man, he's he's such a he's such a great guy, such a more you know. Not necessarily the most moral person, but really just a great guy. And so I told him, yeah, you know, you'd make a great Christian. Because back at that time, my mindset was on uh, you know Christianity being about being good and following the rules and, and doing all the right things. Uh, but you're right. Uh, anybody can be compliant to the law. And a lot of times people are 
compliant to the law for various reasons, even even to God's laws uh, out of fear. Maybe they're compliant with uh, the Ten Commandments, or at least doing the best that they can, out of fear of going to hell, or out of fear that God's going to punish them because they haven't kept the law. And, you know, you're talking about stealing. Uh, just say a person came to me and said, hey, do you steal? And and my answer would be, no, I don't steal. Well, well, that person could say, well, see, you're keeping the law. You're keeping the rules. And my reply, as I've grown in grace, is, no, the reason I don't steal isn't because I'm keeping the law that says you shall not steal. That has nothing to do with it. Rather, uh, because I've come to know God's love for me and his grace for me and because his life is in me, I have a respect for people and for their things. And that's the reason why I don't steal. It has nothing to do with keeping a law. Now, could I in the flesh uh, mess up and you know, get tempted and go and steal something? I'm sure that could happen. But the point is, is that none of this has anything to do with keeping the law, you know, keeping the rules, but it has everything to do with the life and the love and the grace of God having uh, become deeply ingrained into my life. And the more that that becomes deeply ingrained into my life and, and the less that I live out of my own efforts to keep the rules or to keep the laws, the more it becomes, as I submit myself to his life that's already in me, uh, the more it becomes about that and not about the rules. Yeah, so to get ready to summarize some of this up here, you know, I, I heard Steve McVeigh say something, Joel, that if, if people don't get anything else out of this, there are a lot of Christians today, you know, they, they, they knew that they became a Christian simply by trusting in Christ and not having to do anything. They became a Christian simply by trusting in him without having to do anything. Yet, as they move along from that point on, they begin to believe that they need to do something to become a, a victorious Christian. And what Steve had said was that a lot of Christians will start to substitute trying in place of trusting. And I think that's what you see in the lives of a lot of Christians today. And, of course, none of us can ever live up to the standard. That, that's part of the problem. Why is it I can't live the Christian life? Why am I always failing? Uh, the point is that, that God never intended for you to live the Christian life. There's a shocker for you. There was, there's only one who's been able to live the Christian life, and that was Jesus Christ himself. And so, again, it's not about us living for him. It's not about you or me doing the things that God instructs us to do. Uh, the Christian life is him, not about doing, but about being. Uh, we were talking uh, again last week about trying to keep religious rules from ruling your life. <laughs> there are people in the Old Testament, probably even in the New from on occasion, that were constantly trying to do things for God instead of just allowing God to do what he wanted to do. Uh, we could probably point out quite a few from, from Abraham to, to Moses all the way down. Uh, people who, who decided they wanted to contribute something for God. And it messed things up. It, it messed things up because all God wants to do is to allow this divine life that he has given us to flow through us and be an expression of him. Uh, not our own efforts trying to, to manifest itself somehow and, and with the right intentions perhaps, but nonetheless, you got to realize that as we, as, as we who are Christians, we... We, we died. Our life is not our own anymore. It's his life in us. It's not about me trying to live my life for him. It's his life 
flowing through me. And uh, so, you know, the, the, the whole religious rules, the commandments and all of that, the very thing that a lot of people are clinging to, the very thing that a lot of Christians gravitate towards and want to hang on to, those laws, rules, commandments, that's the very thing that God has set us free from. That's right. It's, it's the, the, you know, the law... The you know the Paul said it really well that the law it's through the law that um, the stre- sin gets its strength <laughs> that's that's a shocking statement to a lot of Christians I know but you can read that right in the Bible the strength of sin is the law God came to set us free from that so we need to be free from religious performance we need to be free from trying to obtain uh, perfection or to obtain any standing or acceptance with God through what we do because it only serves to strengthen sin and we'll just end with uh, you know first peter uh, one four is it? I think it's Second Peter one to four talks about the exceedingly great and precious promises that we have. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. That's really what it's all about. Uh, Christ has come to dwell in us. We're dead to law, and now we're alive in Christ, and we get to partake in this divine nature. And we're going to be spending more time with this, talking about the law and uh, and what it means for the Christian and the purpose of the law, why God even gave the law in the first place, if it if it's the strength of sin. Uh, why did God give the law? So spend some time with us in the next few weeks as we, we get into this on our Growing in Grace program. We sure do appreciate you being along with us. Don't forget, both Mike and I are on Facebook. We'd love to have you as our friend there. And you can check out more of our uh, programs, some of our past Growing in Grace programs online at graceroots.org. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll be back again with you next time. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Barizaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 